I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. So today, uh, it's rainy outside, but the sun is is shining on my uh, my Zoom screen here because the guy that, that I have in front of me, uh, you know him well, you'll know his voice as soon as you hear it. But most recently, he uh, planted uh, a new site uh, down in Memorial Park uh, called Ironwood. Uh, just always brings the joy with him wherever he goes. Fantastic leader and just uh, honored to have you on today. So U-Haul, I got you on the podcast um, where we like to start you haul is just the, the beginning. So who EH'd you, what was the first workout like and, uh, how'd you get the name you haul? My brother, thank you so much, uh, for having me on here. And before I get into this, I need you to know, thank you for what you do. I need to thank you right now at this podcast, something I listened to on the way to a beatdown. You give guys like myself and, and everyone else a, a voice and an opportunity to share a part of, part of themselves uh which just sets our whole day up sometimes so so thank you so much for that my name is u-haul ezra cologne <laughs> i'm 40 years old u-haul i was 39 at the time um i believe uh it was actually almost two years ago to the day september 14th will be my uh two-year anniversary and i had asked othello to at that time who i knew as Raydell. Uh, to, hey, it was like, he, he had, he'd been doing the long con EH on me. He was trying to get me to, you know, like, hey, hey, uh, you should, you should come check, check us out. And I was like, that's great. Cool, cool, cool. And um, I worked out in the gym and this was 2020. So I really felt the pull of the pandemic as, as you and anyone else uh, might be familiar with of uh, isolation and loneliness and, and needing a wolf pack, needing that pack, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, was, we were in the midst of preparing for a, a summer theater uh, uh, education program. And I said, hey, man, what, what was the thing? What was the thing that you were doing? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we work at three. So we work out. I was like, great. Hey, can I come with you like next Monday? So uh, he said, of course. And I could see the wheels turning. He was like, where am I going to bring him? Where am I going to bring him? Where am I going to bring him? Uh, and he brought me to Octagon. And Polaroid Q was the Q that day. And uh, I remember Bloodshot being the first eyes. You know something? Um, I, I can forget like some meaningful days in my life, but I will remember a beatdown. I will remember who I saw that day, especially that first one. So Bloodshot was the first guy that I remember meeting and uh, it was kind of dark, you know? So then I, I started to gather my senses around me and, and I felt the nerves. And we... Um, Polaroid took us out on uh, a little jaunt around the uh, the track there, and we got to what I didn't know was in front of that hill. And I remember doing uh, sit-ups and all these fun names for things. And we got to I think about thirty, and I could feel Othello over here to my left go, "Okay, you know." And Polaroid kept pushing to like forty, and he was like, "All right, hold on, <laughs> like I knew something was wrong. <laughs> Wait, this is different." Um, but. Uh, then uh, we, we finished those and I remember turning around and seeing that little hill up there, up to the street. And um, I thought, oh, this is why we're here. We, yeah. we're, here we're here for a little taste of suffering. So I, uh, and I remember in, after that, uh, you know, we had, uh, God, I'm telling you, I remember all these, like such, these, the people I can remember in my push group, I can remember being Tin Cup, Othello, and Rollbar. The first time I saw Rollbar take off on like bear crawls when I just learned what they were. I was like, whoa, that's unhuman. This is, this is unreal. Uh, and then, uh, so by the end of that, um, everyone was super friendly. Oh my goodness. And, uh, and uh, I got into the circle and I knew a naming thing was a part of this. So I had prepped all this really cool stuff. I'm going to talk about Jack London and Star Wars and all these fun things. But at that moment in time, 
The walls were closing in. I'm just trying to get my breath. And Polaroid is like, uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I was like, oh, well, I moved around a little bit. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm catching my breath. I, I just came from Albuquerque in Chicago. And I, I'm an actor, but but I just, you know, that, that didn't leave a very sedentary lifestyle. And then he like cut me off. He put me out of my misery and said, you all. Uh, and I think someone had said, I remember, I don't know who said it first, U-Haul, uh, but someone also in the group was like, has, has that has that name been used already? And <laughs> Bolaroid's like, it's U-Haul. All right. <laughs> he gave me the, the fist, the fist bump. And then I, and then I got back. So uh, that, that was a good day. Uh, you know, it, it ended too with, with a good, strong cafeteria that was very important to, uh, to me and, and, and my return. Mm. Was that at Khaki's, Khaki's Cafe or was that at the... Uh, that was actually at Scooter's no. uh, at that time. I think Khaki's, uh, if he did have something, it was still in his garage by that point. Um, but uh, that's where, I, where I'd met Tater Tot because he was at the district that day, but we both, we all met that place. And I remember him seeing me and looking me in the eye. And I mean, how do you, you know, say no to the smile when he says, you're coming back, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course I am. Of course I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how how did that compare? So you mentioned you were working out in a gym before, and so had yeah. some of the things were you familiar, or were you able to kind of keep up, or were you pretty gassed after that first? I, I remember feeling pretty gassed because so much of what I had uh, focused on in the gym was just a lot of resistance training, a lot of a lot of uh, complex muscle movement, the, the compound muscle with the bar and like a lot of benching and all that. So mm -hmm. there were a couple things that uh, I felt pretty good about like Merkins and uh, any anything involving chest. But when it came to uh, the things I've been avoiding like abs, <laughs> I found Mary to be quite a bit surprised to the point where even a fellow was like, hey, you all right, buddy? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm seizing up right now. I'm doing okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, oh, I love that. And, you know, it's so funny because your your story. Um, I, I can't tell you how many guys have had that had that experience, right? Like the like the I, pandemic just really created this this momentum um, for guys to engage with with F three. So so as you showed up to the workout, um, you know, and, and you started to meet some guys. Was there anybody anybody out there that you maybe had had known, or you were just you were kind of new to the area, right? Correct. Yeah, I hadn't known anybody because really uh, I moved here officially in, in 2019. So it was just like a year. I, everyone was pretty brand new to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How about the, the relationships over time? I mean, have you been able to develop some, some good friendships through the group or what's been your You know, I, I feel like I have. And um, it, it's one of my favorite things uh, to make it a part of my daily routine to text somebody, you know, in the morning, right after I beat down, be like, let me get that. Let me, let me send that text out. I'm thinking about you. I, that That's telling me something, go ahead. And through that, it just makes it all the more special the next time you see them out in the gloom, you know, and, and it moves from a, Hey, fist bump to almost an immediate hug. Um, hmm. So um, that, that small text can be a lot. And, and therefore the relationships have, have grown and, and fostered over time. Uh, to I can't believe how many people I, I know now. Because yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It was also my my job. I gave myself an ambition um, of, uh, all right, if I'm going to go, I remember that first week, I was like, all right, if I'm going to go, I'm going to make it my goal to meet and get to know a little beyond the name of one guy, at least one guy. Let me find out what he does, what he, what he likes. And so slowly and eventually, I, I, I started to learn a lot of people. It didn't take long. It didn't feel like anyway. Um, it felt like it didn't take long at all. That's awesome. And how, how about, um, so as you're thinking about the second app and kind of fellowship, uh, one of the questions I'm always curious about was how did being, being in F3 with, with a close friend like Othello, what, what did that do for, for your relationship there? With Othello? Yeah. It certainly dominates the conversation when he comes over to eat, <laughs> when he comes over for a dinner. <laughs> um, I think I, now it feels a little bit more akin to accountability. Mm -hmm. Now it feels a little bit more like a, it, it's not just about a workout, but like, hey, 
I'm going to go do this thing. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm going to go do this thing. So it has evolved over time into um, check-ins more regularly than I would have if I, if I hadn't joined F3. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's so key, right? I mean, they talk about, you know, in QSource, right? But it's hard to hold yourself accountable. So having- Absolutely. There. And, and, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, since you brought up QSource, one of the things that stick with me in this vein is our corrections. That's one of the, the beautiful things about someone like Othello or Tater Todd or any, you know, those people that I meet out in the gloom that are, are like you are interested in asking beyond the, the surface to, to, to something bubbling. What's bubbling up today for you? Mm -hmm. um, corrections. Hey, you really need to focus on this. Hey, you really need to, to watch out for that. And um, Othello is so great because he'll speak candidly and say, hey, before he does that, he'll say, may I speak to that? I'm like, yes, that's why we're here. That's why that's why we're on this pre-run, man. I, yeah. I, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me about that. Cause you mentioned pre-runs and before that you had, you had mentioned um, rucking. So, you know, we, we know, I think cafeteria is where most guys know to go for that second F, but tell me about the, the second F kind of experience during a pre-run or, or a pre-ruck. What's, what's been your journey there? Good, good, good question. I, um, by and large, it it is the second F quality for me that that I find the best. Uh, e even when, and most often, honestly, when I'm listening, mm -hmm. there have been a few times where uh, my good buddy and I, Frosty, have gone out on a pre run, and he's asked me and known me well enough by this point to ask me a good pointed question and, and sort of unleash the floodgates of of this thing that I've been holding back, which I. Uh, I'm so more willing and able to do because I've showed up, I've gotten up at that time, but specifically on a pre-run because that exercise is set sort of like a Murph, like we're, we're going to do this. We know what that is. Um, and there's enough running here where I can talk about this. And if you've got something on your chest, I want to hear it because by and large, I, I'm going to learn from that more than anything I'm, I'm probably going to talk about. So mm. that, that's my favorite thing. You know, if you've ever seen like a, I can't believe I'm talking about this, but that Hot Ones show, uh, you know, where you they, these celebrities and different artists put themselves through the ringer of eating hot sauce to 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 undergo the suffering while they're asked they're being asked these important questions. It's sort of like that. It's like let's yeah. put pressure on this and and let's put ourselves in this pressure spot so we can really get to something meaningful. Mm, I love that. And how, how has that carried over? I mean, as you're talking through some of those things, how has that carried over into your, your family life or just the relationship? I know you guys welcomed a, a new addition to the family in the last year or so. So how, how, how has that kind of carried over or have some of those conversations been about family? Uh, they have been mostly in communication. Um, I, I, my, my best thought around this that I, that I, that I tend to live by with uh, the concentrica with my M, no matter how difficult it can or may be, communicate, talk mm. about it. L let's talk about this thing. So that, that's kind of how it carries over. And I, I will see, I'm probably a naive parent at this point, but I, I can't wait to continue to talk about it with my one and a half year old. In fact, um, she is just getting some words uh, to her um, but I talk to her as if it's normal conversation, you know, yeah. and like there's, I'm not, I, I, I don't try to like flower it up much uh, because of my own, my own past experience with theater for young audiences. I talk directly to her. Yeah. And she said, Georgia. she's saying all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's, I can't believe you learned that today. I, that, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Well, and that's how they learn language too. Right. So how great is that? You know, I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> I believe you. So yes, yeah. yeah we, you know, we had a, a thing come up the other day with with our daughter, and and I think it was, you know, our focus with her was not necessarily on the things she brought up, but more of like a thank you for telling us, thank you for talking to us oh. about, you know, because I I think mm -hmm. we, my wife and I both realized that there's a there's a certain response that causes that kid to close up and not bring those things to you, and and you know, so you just you want to create that that transparency. So I I think you're on the right path. That's, that's um, good curious, you know, so, so you had, uh, your, your baby when you were in F3. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we're kind of on this, uh, this subject of relationships, 
um, what was your experience kind of being an F3 and going through having a kid? Did you, you know, were you, did you feel supported by, by the packs or um, how did that feel? I did. I, and, and I still do. I, I remember even when we had the child, uh, it was unintentionally, you know, it, when you have a child, as you know, it never goes the way you had planned. Right. So um, when we got to the hospital and said, okay, we're, we're ready to induce tonight. We're like, what? Okay. I guess this is happening. Good thing the bags are packed and all that stuff. But I remember, um, and we could talk a little bit more about this in detail when it comes to I am third and the concentrica model and, and how you're a part of that or how we are a part of that for our best selves. Um, but that Saturday, so we had the, Zella came, our child came uh, that Thursday and that Saturday, you know, I'd stayed with my wife, stay there. And I remember like kind of itching, you know, like, you know, it's time, it's time, it's time. But she was still, so I double checked. I was like, hey, we're about to get out soon. Can I go to a beatdown? And she was like, yep, yep, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I was like, cool. Yeah, I'm glad I brought my clothes. And so I took off from the hospital uh, to the Oracle. It was still at Aldridge that time. And they had already started. But I, I was like, I'm not, I don't care. I need to, I need to move my body. I need to, I see, I need to see my packs here. Mm -hmm. I remember showing up and it was a, it was a bigger group convoy was, um, was queuing that day. And we went, we were behind, I ran behind them. I'd just seen the, the trail of them go, almost the ghost of them go back behind the Aldridge. And I, I saw the packs and, uh, and there was, everybody was lined up on the hill and convoy was down in the field. And I'll never forget this because I showed up and, and I just kind of snuck in and you can't really do that. <laughs> and all these guys were like, Hey, you all, oh my God. And convoy like booked it up the hill and, and gave me a big old hug. You know, he stopped his beat down for that. And, uh, everyone was there and, and wait time was talking about different names already for, for the 2.0 and it's good, Dolly, Dolly's a good name. Uh, there, there was nothing but love and advice, you know, Armbar that day was like, Hey, I'm glad you're here. Don't go back empty handed, whatever you do, bring, bring a, a stone or whatever you got to do. Bring, bring Solid. Something back. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that, so I, I, it, it has been, a source of accountability and as I spoke to a little bit earlier an understanding of knowing what's most important mm. in your family and knowing how to take care of yourself as well so there, there's been a good balance in there and uh since then I have no longer required myself to go every day that <laughs> there's a beat down but when I can uh, it's I make it a priority. Yeah. Well, well, go into it. So share with us, because I, I think, you know, that's a, that's a good, you know, kind of segue into this, you know, really big concept of like, you know, what is faith and, and the concentrica and how does it all kind of mesh together? So I, I would love to hear just your thoughts and, and views on that, because I think, um, you know, guys have a, a lot to learn from from you, I think. Thank you for saying that, man. And and I'd like to ask you uh, too the the difference between the concentrica model and the what's the I am third? What what like what model is that? Yeah, you know, I am third is really from from free to lead, and it's really more this this concept of like uh, putting your yourself third so that you can focus on other people. So I, I think it almost is like a requirement or a prerequisite, you know, of of the concentrica, right? It's like I have to, I have to realize that, um, you know, other people are, are maybe more important than me, but I'll tell you what gets confusing. And, and in my journey, and obviously this is, this is about you and, and not me, but in, in my journey, there are things I have to do to get me to like, to think about others. So, so it's like, I get it that I am, yeah. but if I'm, if I don't do some stuff to get right first, then, then nope, then I'm always going to be first, you know, and that's so I, the thing, man it's tricky and I don't know, you know, I, so I think, um, I am third though, is really kind of this, this concept of like, well, why do we serve? And it's because, yeah. you know, we know that other people are more important, but I think for, for me, like I've got to start my day, you know, I've got to, I've got to surrender and I've got to like, mm. you know, give my life and my will to, to a God, you know, that's way more powerful than me. Um, and if I don't start there, then there's no way I'm ever going to, uh, the concentric is not even a thing, right? If I don't start in that in that spot, so there is some kind of self work. But 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 how do you view that? How do you do it? I, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll 
I'll tell you a second, uh, I just loved and want to acknowledge your idea of surrender there and uh, that being such an important thing. Um, uh, I used to think about that and going on stage uh, right before would be, you know, mm-hmm. I, I give this up to 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 those that are be bigger and beyond myself. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'll, I'll talk about this just in the form of a story I heard recently. Um, this is about this a musician who is a preschool teacher at one point. Uh, and uh, he had a band as well. He hadn't had kids, but he wrote music that was first identified as children's music. His name is Justin Roberts. And um, then it became children's music that had deeper themes. So then it became music for all. Um, mm. And he had a child. Um, and his child eventually became old enough to listen to his music. And uh, when he was a kid, he said uh, he came home one day and was like, can I listen to one of your records, dad? And, and they put on one of his older, his older records. And it was a slower song rather than some of the faster ones that he played. And the title of the song was called, I got the world for you. And um, he, he listened to the song and it was more a ballad, like I was saying, and, and he began to weep. He began to cry. And the dad said, Justin had said, it's okay to cry. And, and the boy said, you know, kind of nodded. And then quietly, like the next day he came back, he said, uh, Daddy, I want you to know, um, I know it's okay to cry. And then he said, then he whispered something to himself. He whispered something. And the dad said, hey, um, Justin said, hey, what, what was it that you whispered there? What did you say? He said, I've got the world to, I've got the world for you. And the dad was a little, he was just to clarify, are you asking to, are, are you asking to, are you requesting the song or, or are you saying that to me? He said, I'm saying it to myself. Mm. And th- there was something about that little story that I'm still attempting to unpack of why it, it resonated so strongly with me. And, and where was it along the way where stopped giving myself that gift and it must have been somewhere in my adulthood where I understood that, okay, I have to serve others and I will give myself to be the bridge and, and give myself out. But if I am indeed not putting my oxygen mask on first, oh. then I can't breathe. Then I, then I haven't given myself the things that I need to survive in order to give back to my family, in order to give back to the world. Um, yeah, that's, th- those are some of the things that I'm still attempting to unpack in my life. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's such a, it's, you know, I think one of the, the misnomers is, is like, and it's for in, in all things, right. I think we dream of this, this illusion where, you know, you check the boxes or you do the 10 steps and then, and then you've got it figured out and you can move on to the next <laughs> <laughs> I have, you know, there's not a lot like that. I mean, you know, it's just especially when it comes to, to to faith and just understanding how life and relationships work. And you know, so I, I think one of the things that I really have latched onto with the concentrica is just when I'm trying to prioritize my my thoughts or the things that bring me, you know, anxiety or joy, or that I should let those be the relationships and not the not the to-do list or the the task um because there is something something there that um you know i, I will share with you I, um so so ed ed my he's kind of a he's a you know a really wealthy kind of motivational speaker or whatever but he has this concept i was listening about the other day that was that's called the identity thermostat Mm. Um, and where he, he really says, let your, uh, let, let your intentions drive your actions. So your soul has no regrets. Um, <laughs> and that, that really resonated with me. And so he, he talks about, you know, if, if you set your identity thermostat at 70 degrees, then you're going to do something great and you'll always, you'll always come back down. And so it's that, what is that work that we're, we're routinely doing to, to know who we are? Um, and to know where we fit. And I, I've struggled with that. You know, what's my purpose? Where do I add value? And uh, it turns out um, that a lot of the things I'm doing and the people right in front of me are where I'm adding value and right where I'm supposed to be. So anyway, I, I just, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you shared that because it is a journey and, it, and there's no expectation. It is a journey. Yeah, James Clear talks about an, another motivational uh, habit 
speaker talking about casting a vote for yourself every day. It's no. not you just don't check the box and then usher it away, but rather what are you doing every day to cast a vote for yourself as a father? What are you doing to cast yourself as a vote for well, a husband? You know, yeah. No. Tell me, tell me about so that you know it's kind of in the vein of faith. But tell me about kind of your your faith journey from a, a maybe higher power perspective. What's been your experience there? Mine is a sordid tale. <laughs> I say that because my father and his father before him and his father before him were were reverend pastors. Oh wow! And then I I chose a different path. I chose the one of an actor. Yeah. Uh, for for at least these first 16 17 years um in my adulthood um i was confirmed in my in the church in worms where martin luther hung up the thesis and i and i was inundated with religion for quite some time and faith and when i was contemplating it at my deepest sort of darkest moment i remember thinking to myself and talking to someone who i didn't quite know well enough to speak to but she knew me well enough to say the following after i said I'm just not sure he exists. Mm. Um, and she said in, in the quietest voice, I think I just find myself talking to him on accident. Mm. Unintentionally speaking to that. And I remember that resonating with me very powerful. Now where I'm at is I understand that, and I do believe I, ha I have my own faith uh, and it's, it's much more of a personal relationship and along my path as, as an actor and an artist, although I, I have not myself gone into the clergy, um, I have found myself at the extreme ambition, the solitary one of serving the audience, which is to say serving the greater purpose. Uh, that, that, that is when I understood that God is love and that those things, um, that are bigger than us are hard to define that's when things really clicked for me so when i get out in the morning and understand that i might look you directly in the eye and ask you how you're doing mm -hmm. when i when i give you a hug god exists there mm -hmm. god exists in, in those things and 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 a higher power is is uh, available to us in the smallest of relationships yeah uh, especially coming from a bigger stage where in which that's what I had evolved to at that time. Now it's, it's much more of an intimate one. Yeah. I love that. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to push you a little bit and just ask, um, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned your, uh, when you were at your, your darkest, uh, moments. Um, yeah. and, and part of this is guys would hear your story and they would reach out because they're struggling with, with the same thing. So any, anything there you would share or and totally, totally up to you, whatever you're willing to share, but just um, curious on that. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I lost my own way um, in, in, in drugs and alcohol. And um, when I, when I found myself higher than a kite in, in, in conversation with my own mother, hmm. I, I and and I was about to go away for some some uh, some theater job. This is much younger. Um, something I knew something was wrong because I, I was in a real conversation, and yet my mother uh, had done a good job of um saying. I remember a very pointed thing where she went to the grocery store uh, and and left me left me alone and I, I went outside. This is much younger than that. Uh, uh, left me outside to play with GI Joes. Uh, left me inside. She said, "Don't walk the house because I got to go in." Well, I went outside to play, and uh, she came back, and the house was of course locked, and and I said, "I and I knew what I'd done." I instantly felt horrible, and she said. I trusted you to not lock the door. Mm. Uh, next time, I'm just going to have to trust you more. Mm. It, it was in that realization later in life, wherein I, I am uh, beautifully burdened with the idea of 
trust in a higher thing than myself. Um, and therefore, I didn't know where to turn. Mm. So I was looking for inspiration in anything that could happen and anything that could be. And I would find myself tilting my head toward the sky. Yeah, and, and now it's a, a little different. I also tilting myself toward later on uh, paintings and incredible artwork that just move me and shake me to my core. It's not unlike those conversations uh, at those moments where they do feel deep and dark mm. and scary, but to know that there is light in life and beauty in all things uh, and not necessarily just a one way up and down, but across. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for sharing. You know, I think, yeah, uh, yeah there's just so much power in, in your authentic story that, that um, guys can benefit from. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that I noticed that um, I may be a little envious of you is you, you've taken your passion or kind of your, you know, a new uh, chance at life and you have, um, you've just poured that outward uh, to other, other people. I see that in your, your leadership, all of our, our interactions and, you know, I think we saw that uh, when you launched um, the Ironwood site, uh, you know, so so something that um, I, I'm going to just kind of recap a little bit because guys, you know, are you know, we have several million uh, avid listeners. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so at this point, as guys are listening to this, they will have heard Othello and, and maybe Mac and Cheese. But you were on a short list, right? Othello had you on a list to take over. Um, at Futurama, and then you know you had a new baby come in, and then and then here we go. We're like we need to cite it at Memorial on on Mondays, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so talk me through that, and uh, would love to also hear, you know, kind of how how we got there, and then how you landed on the the name uh, Ironwood. Okay, here we go. I'll, I'll do a quick quicker version of this. Um, I so Adele asked me quite some early on uh, time to uh, to VQ, and then um, and then and then take over the site because he was leaving. And at that time, as you know, when you when you get going on something, as you cast votes for something so repeatedly, the rest of your life takes off. Well, I felt mine beginning to transition at that moment where he was speaking to me, can you take over the site? And I said, ah, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna be going back to school here and I'm gonna be having a child. So I don't know that I'm ready for this thing. Mm -hmm. Still gonna come, and I did, and I and I and I showed up for uh, for Futurama, of course, uh, almost every Thursday, and um, and he, and there was uh, a, one of those Thursdays, Pony Express. Uh, I, I know you're out there, Pony, listening. I hope you are. <laughs> um, we we uh, took a, a trip down to uh, St. Margaret Mary's from Futurama and saw the pull-up bars, which <clears throat> blew my mind. It was like, oh my god, these are here. Okay, cool. And we did uh, we did some uh, a grinder out there uh, with some hydraulic squats. Also, thank you, Pony, for turning me on to my most hated exercise. Check, I got that in, uh, which I, I do love. <laughs> no, I don't. And um, I just realized how much of a, a benefit those were to pull ups uh, in general and working the back out because that was something that you know I was oddly I didn't think this would come up, but what I missed in uh, going to the gym was that I didn't have enough three was some back training. Yeah. Plus they had different levels there. I was like, cool, this is cool. Okay. 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 So I kind of put that in, in, in the back burner. And then one day at the Canyon talking with some of these East side guys, uh, it was a small group of like five or six, but Patton was out there and dome. I remember was out there and, and there's a, of course a fellow, a couple of people. And I was like, Hey, what do you think about just like, uh, a, like a pop-up something at uh, at St. Margaret Mary's and and we can park in the baseball field and all this stuff. And, and they were like, that's a great idea. You know, we don't really have anything at the time uh, East for something like that. And I was like, cool. I was thinking about it being a Murph. And they're like, oh, gross. Okay, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> they didn't say that. They didn't say that. No, no. <laughs> they were like, why? And I was like, well, the pull-up bars. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes some sense. Sure. Um, and I was like, do you, I remember, I was like, do I have, you know, should I talk to somebody about this? And they're like, no, just, just set it up. And I was like, ah, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Good. And I <laughs> did not do that. And I talked to you and I talked to um, Tater Tot and it seemed to take off on its own after that. 
uh, as if I was asking for a site when I had said no to Futurama. Uh, And both you and Tater were like, hey, great. If you're going to do this, uh, Mondays is good. We already have a Murph thing going on. So why don't you just like, I was like, whoa, 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 what? (laughs) What's going on? Um, And, uh, but Tater so wisely told and said to me, as I mentioned, uh, when I passed the flag on at Ironwood, hey, this thing may happen without you. And and that was, I, I told him to this day, <laughs> that wasn't a dig. That was his correction. That was his honesty. Mm-hmm. Something in the gloom that I cherish more than anything else almost, that that honesty. Um, and and that's when I was realized by that point, I had classes underneath my belt and I had a child. And I was like, okay, at least I can show up. At least I can bring a flag. And I'm answering a bigger call because this thing is taking off without us. This, this, if I don't do it, this thing is taking off without me. Hmm. So let's go ahead and start the, the ball rolling for a flag. And it was on Underwood uh, there off Memorial. And I'd gone back and forth about Tater. Uh, I'd said a hybrid. And I'd shared, I'd made this document to try and make it all make sense, which is now pinned to the to the Twitter handle and you were like, Hey, Hornbeam. And I was like, what <laughs> you shared on your document Hornbeam. And I was like, Oh, right. Ironwood is also called Hornbeam. And, and, and so we went back and forth in the name a lot. And eventually uh, I remember sitting on the, I gave it my due diligence uh, and I remember sitting on the couch and I just finished reading maybe a year prior to the dark tower series, Stephen King and Ironwood was the, the magical elements, the, uh, the wood, that uh, only the bravest dared go into the forest to go get. Mm. Uh, and with the combination of the pull-up bars, although they're not iron, they're metal, and uh, and the wood and, you know, of the woods, the outside of the park, and it being on underwood, it felt like a natural fit. In, in yeah. It worked out great. I love that. Good, man. Um, thank you. Yeah, so, and I, you know, I'm, uh, I am not the best at names, so I will say most of my <laughs> names, like if if it, if it were a, a, if it would have been my first idea, the pit down in Sarpy would have been uh-huh. called butterfly effect or something. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I think you made the right the right the name though. I I, I did that butterfly effect. Right. Um, tell me about leading other men. You know, you've mentioned correction, and and I know you've had a, as a site cue, right? You're you're kind of stewarding kind of a those those guys' relationships with F three, giving them VQ opportunities, and and then identifying successors talk me through that from your perspective Ooh, okay um i'll do this let's see i think for me leadership best comes in the form of of like i was saying a more intimate relationship and checking in with guys one-on-one and also listening to the packs when when uh that's one of the great things about uh you know some packs in particular that that will speak forward and say, "Hey, this this exercise is done this way and this way," or "Nice job," you know. And if you're if you're in tune with it, if you're if you've opened your your heart and your ears to something bigger than just like make sure I get this right, uh, you'll hear it. You'll hear it as slow pitch might say, whispering to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll you'll connect to something deeper, and therefore, leadership then becomes about making room for others to be successful. And yeah. I think I've shared this before in a COT that, that you may have even been a part of there. Um, but I, I love being the six. Mm-hmm. And do I love being the six? Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me if nothing else that I showed up today that mm-hmm. I get to see this picturesque, <laughs> the back of guys, <laughs> uh, but that they're running out there and, I, and I'm with them. Yeah, they may be far ahead, but I, I'm still not going to my car. Mm. And if we can make room for those guys at the six. And man, is it a, a, a heck of a feeling the first time I, I went to Cornhusker my second day and, and everybody from the top was running down i was like oh crap they're great we're gonna have to run down no 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 you guys were coming back to pick me up mm-hmm. and understanding what that meant mm-hmm. holy smokes yeah. um what just happened was leadership was garnered i there there was room made for me at that point in time as i would want for someone else to mm-hmm. step forward and yeah. say hey can you 
may you do this? May, may you hold the, can you hold the flag until next week? I, I got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, may you, may you cue today. May you tell me a little bit about what burdens you today. Uh, mm-hmm. And making room for others in that way is, is certainly uh, m- my favorite form of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. I love it, man. And you're spot on. I mean, I think, you know, that some of my favorite moments, that's why I love Iron Packs Challenge so much is because it just, it pushes everybody to their limits. And there's um, like, I, we have a, at, at the pit a few years ago, um, I just remember this. And I think we even took a video because it was just this amazing site of, I think it was Bloodshot um, was, was finishing up the challenge and you just had guys running with him. We were doing whatever reps he was doing, we were doing, yeah, uh, you know, and just that, that picture of like, this is why we're here. <laughs> you know, why we're here. Be right next to that guy who needs needs a little pick me up or just needs. That's to- right. That's right. There, there are so many guys out there in the gloom that do that too, and 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 it's what makes them leaders. Doppler, Patton. There's there's just so many wonderful guys that that make room and welcome the the person. Strike that in a different order. <laughs> Reverse that order. Welcome and then make room for them. Come come over here. Come, come over here. Sure. What about uh, six actors? So you got uh, Rooster and and uh, and Dome. I know, I know, I know Rooster's plans for the site. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, that, was, that was pretty funny. What can you tell us about them? Just what what did you see in them that uh, you were confident handing the flag off? Well, um, Dome was was there also at its inception, and uh, Rooster it showed up just about every day because uh, he lives so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, when I had approached Dollface at that time, he was getting uh, he was getting uh, asked to lead heavy metal, which he is doing now. And I was like, okay, all right. And uh, then in the form of this leadership thing that we practiced, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like everything else with Ironwood, what does the rest of the packs? think what do they think what's going on so I began to ask different people especially those who showed up and it was Rancid who said well what about Dome and I was like that's a great idea let me, let me talk to him a little bit I did and he said he was gonna have a kid in October uh, mm-hmm. and I he doesn't think that he can do it uh and I was like well darn wait a minute I had a kid hold on hold on hold on <laughs> we can make this work and and then Tater, I came to him with it. He's like, you know, that guy is, is amazing. He he may not know what he needs because it's still, there's still some time at that point in time before mm-hmm. that happens. And then Dome came in with the idea. It's like, well, maybe we can do a co-cube. And I was like, cool. Who is that going to be? <laughs> uh, and when I went to Rooster and asked him before he, I even got the rest of the question out. I said, hey, I was thinking about, and, you know, we were planning on a co-Q here at Ironwood. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I was like, what? <laughs> I'll do it. Um, and and the rest is sort of history after that. The right. rest is, is is him and both of them uh, saying yes to one another and and meeting up and, and understanding uh, what does it take to do it. And, and mostly the environment that we have garnered that they do. Oh, yeah. We, we, we have something wonderful going here at Ironwood and, and how much positivity is, is a part of that. And yeah. yeah, the rest is history. I love it. And, and it, it'd be, you know, guys should go and read the back class, but basically they're going to, uh, wait, was that pickle juice? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm drinking for the listeners at home, I am, I'm just drinking like a little, uh, ginseng energy drink okay uh, i was gonna say i thought it was pickle juice we can we can edit that out um but, but <laughs> from, the, yeah, from, yeah. from the uh the shovel pass um you know i think rooster's plans are to, to father the the heck out of the site so uh-huh. gonna... yeah 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 that's exactly right he yeah. came up with that on the spot too man like <laughs> that, was, that was amazing yeah um, yeah so I want to get your thoughts then. Any any advice? And you've you've shared a lot of really great insight and, and wisdom. But just um, you know, advice for current packs, uh, FNGs. I mean, anything you know, just to how do we continue to do this thing well, or or do it even better from your perspective? Um, I want to speak to this as as I might uh, 
the prayer at the end, right? Where 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 you you might ask me as well, because uh, as a, as a longtime listener, I know uh, what could we be praying for you? Mm-hmm. And those things that we might share for for an FNG, I think this follows. You are worthy. Mm. Um, when when the time comes and it will if it hasn't uh that you don't feel up for it you don't feel up for coming up to the showing up to the gloom showing up that day please know that you are worthy at whatever fitness level you are at whatever mental struggle you are going through wherever your heart is you've got the world for you Mm. all you need to do is just show up all you need to do is be there uh that's what I would, that's the prayer that I would offer and uh, the advice that I would offer. Uh, there, there's plenty of other things too uh, that I w- might say to an FNG like encouragement uh, mm-hmm. that have, have already been said amongst a host of different hymns that have been on this podcast. Um, and if you can get a, a guy to come to a cafeteria, figured out a bit of a trick for this for an FNG, right? Is to, uh, here it is. Uh, if you are going to cafeteria and you ask another guy that that FNG may not know, but you know, can overhear you saying, "Hey, are you going to coffee?" And that person says, "Yes." It's by and large, hopefully, that guy will will almost always say, "Yeah, sure, I'll go too." You know, yeah. uh, and then and then you've connected to something deeper beyond the the anonymity of a name that the yeah. universe. I love that because maybe maybe when we ask a new guy, hey, do you want to go to coffee? They're thinking it's just a one-on-one. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is exactly what happened to me. My first day, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Othello was like, are you going to coffee? I was like, I don't know. And then he, and then I believe it was Stella, I, who I didn't know at the time. And Stella was like, hey, are you going to coffee talking to Othello? And Othello was like, I don't know. And then he looked at me because I was his ride. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Stella said, hey, are you going to coffee? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go. And of course, after that, I met all these guys, you know. Nice. I love it. Well, that's, I think that's really good, really good advice. And I love that prayer. I think that's my hope too. Um, just that we can make more, more men feel and know that they're, that they're worthy. Cause that's really, to me, what, what reinvigorates them, uh, to lead in their homes and in their communities. Um, but we heard your, your least favorite exercise, I think, was, <laughs> uh, was the hydraulic squats. What's your, what's your most favorite thing? Oh, dude. I, I do love them a lot. Uh, I do love them all a lot so much. And in fact, those that I that I've come to hate uh, at the beginning were were quickly those that turn. You know, you let me give a, a quick runner up to to burpees and you uh, and knowing and understanding that suffering is just the best thing that you can do for yourself that when you know you're not going to die, right? <laughs> um, in the vein of of workout, so. Uh, there is an ecstasy that marks the summit of life and beyond which life cannot rise. And is such the paradox of living, this ecstasy comes when one is most alive. And it comes as a complete forgetfulness that one is alive. And when I'm doing a strong burpee with you or with anyone who's told me to keep going beyond what I can do, oh boy, there is an ecstasy to life there that that fulfills beyond anything I could think of. Um one of my favorites, though, is American because I'm good at them. And yeah. I love the challenge of a pull-up bar. And I'll, I'll, because of that, I'll, I'll jump to a, a Murph and, and, uh, and know that, like, I, they're difficult for me. But, man, I, it, and it hurts when I pick up my one-and-a-half-year-old and, a half year old and she, <laughs> she's moving around. I'm like, oh, my God, I, okay, I can barely drive home. You know, I can't be up. But um, – to know that it's beyond that muscle group uh, because I feel more alive with, with, mm. with these ones that really hurt. So yeah, yeah. That, well, that's, that's it. Burpees. Let's just say it. Let's call it what it is. Hey, I love it. Yes. We're adding, I'm, you know, I think there's only two of us in that camp. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Hey, um, and I know you, you mentioned kind of your advice in the prayer, you know, of, of you are worthy. Um, yeah that applies to you as well but just yeah. you know, so that we can be intentional when we see uh um what what would it be you know specifically is it you are worthy for school you are worthy 
as a dad, as a husband, uh, what, what can we just be specifically praying for or encouraging you about? I am, I am worthy of that which brings a better version of myself to my family mm. and to the rest of the world and to being a bridge to a better life for myself and for others. You, you turned me on to this idea about, you know, being the bridge. Um, and I, I remember you saying, uh, you know, that's what you want to do is be the bridge to, to, to a healthy, happier uh, person when, when you're, when you're doing this medical thing, when you're, when you're working on helping people be a better version of themselves, you're the bridge. I was like, immediately I went home and like, I was like, I, I got to write that down. So I did, <laughs> I, I did. And, and it hangs out in my, uh, in where it needs to be. Wow. And so I, I guess the short answer to that is you can say that you are the bridge. You are the yeah. bridge to, to someone's better life. So thank you for being here. Yeah, man. I, I love it. I wish we had more, uh, more time, uh, but we do right in the gloom. That's right. That's right. That's right. This is the first of a 20 part series. I do just want to tell you how much I appreciate you taking time and just your vulnerability, authenticity, uh, not just here, but I, but I, I see that in you every time uh, they're around you. So um, you got it, that's, brother. that's leadership. Let's do a, a name around here. I'll, I'll start us. Uh, Brandon Lee Hardy, 36, The Plague. The Plague. Ah, Ezra Cologne, 40, U-Haul. U-Haul. And, and hey, what, man, thank you so much for this, buddy. I love you so much, man. Yeah. Well, hey, real quick, what's the Paul sign with U-Haul? Is, is there one? Is there? Have we... I remember. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, um, Othello likes to go, huh. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, Nightcrawler, when he was in the, the gloom, I heard him once go, trucking. Like, there were a couple things that try to stick. Uh, it hasn't really. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, you have a, you kind of have a U-Haul, like you kind of, you know, give it an extra. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely work on that. I'll figure out what I can do. I love it, man. Hey, thanks for, 